I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kyle Mikey, Lions beat writer for MLive. Joined as always by Big Ben Raven. We are up here, Ben, back in the Ford Field press box after a 26-14 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. On Monday Night Football, it was a a jubilant (laughs) electric scene here tonight, Ben. I mean, even my drive down to the stadium like three and a half hours before game time was... Uh, insane. I saw Darth Vader <laughs> for sure out there, but just getting through the traffic and getting in here. And I mean, it was just a raucous atmosphere and um, a really good performance from Detroit to win this game. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where the offense struggles in the red zone. They survive another pick six, but the defense played ferocious. And man, like you said, I got downtown way early today and basically did circles in my parking garage looking for a spot. So it was it was a legit atmosphere down here, and it's nice to get a little taste of what the playoffs could be like. Yeah, well, we haven't seen a, a primetime game here at Ford Field in years, uh, 2018, and that was also the year of the last Monday night game. And listen, I was there covering that 2018 <laughs> Monday night game against the Jets. We all know what happened. I, I can totally understand why the NFL will be like, yeah, we're, we're good on Ford Field for a little while. That was That was a mess. But the Lions are back, Ben, and we started to really feel that in the second half of last year. And there's just so much hype around this team in the offseason, so much hype that I remember at one point in training camp, Dan Campbell was like, isn't this all a little much? But they've proven that they're worth the hype and then some. I mean, they're 6-2, and two and they've done it in a really impressive way, five double-digit wins to climb to the, the top of the NFC North. And listen, there's no one that has a starting quarterback left the NFC North that's within <laughs> three and a half games of this team. It, like, at this point, feels like an ine- inevitability that the Lions will win the North and that they will host a playoff uh, game here for the first time since 93. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's really a matter of how many home games they get. They're they're the second seed in the NFC right now. Uh, Philadelphia looks tough to beat at number one, um, but then it's Detroit and behind them Seattle, <laughs> Dallas. I mean, I it, like there's just so much excitement building around this team, and then they come here on Monday Night Football, Ben, and they get a chance in front of the country to show. Listen, yeah, it was bad against Baltimore last week, but that's not who we are. That was a an aberration, and they came out here and they really proved they didn't they didn't play perfect football. And they still won by double digits. It was really, I thought, an impressive performance, even given the mistakes. Yeah, and I, I just, I'm, I've just been blown away by looking back at the defense and some of the stats and just how 
they allowed the Lions to control this game. I mean, time of possession battle, I don't like to harp on time of possession too much. It was 40 minutes to 20 minutes in this game, and that makes a difference. And that's the defense getting the Raiders off the field. That's the defense completely leaving Jimmy Garoppolo helpless. I mean, his two best looks of the day, I don't think that ball came within 20 feet of Devontae Adams. So it was just 1-9 on third down for the Raiders. Garoppolo goes 10-21, and Devontae Adams has one catch. Jacoby Myers has one catch. So Jerry Jacobs, Cam Sutton, I mean... Just a, just a, I mean, the pass rush, the secondary, I mean, it was all defense today. I mean, it wasn't all defense because there was that Jameer Gibbs cat, but just. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> ben, that is, that is the Jameer Gibbs that you and I saw in training camp. That was the Jameer Gibbs that we've been talking about here on the mm-hmm. podcast and writing about on MLive. That guy is a big time home run threat. It's the, it's the reason they took him at 12th overall in the draft. And listen, we can talk. Until we're blue in the face about <laughs> draft value and whether they maximized uh, the 12th overall pick. I, I I think that I would love to see Jalen Carter in a line. <laughs> seeing, seeing him anchor the interior right, of that right. defensive line. I mean, he's a rookie of the year um, candidate, front runner. I don't know. Love to see him here. Like, are you really like maximizing the value? Of the pick? Like, like I, I don't know. But I do know that they got Jameer Gibbs in the trade back, and you're starting to see the the, the home run ability. That Sam Laporta guy is pretty good too, and that's I think people sometimes forget yeah. in this conversation around oh should they have taken Bijan? Should they have taken Jalen Carter? Like really, Jameer Gibbs really? Mm-hmm. But they got Laporta in the trade back as well, who is I ju- I mean I just looked at the notes and I was shocked to see it. He already set the Lions franchise record for <laughs> catches by a rookie tight end. We're halfway through the season. <laughs> Um, but Jameer Gibbs looks like the real deal. And it was a little slower coming than a lot of people like it would have liked. And he had the injury where he missed a couple mm-hmm. of games. But then David Montgomery went down, and that's a really good player. And the Lions are worse for not having David Montgomery. But, man, Jameer Gibbs has really stepped into the void. We, we, we saw it late in Baltimore. And I was a skeptic. I, like, I saw a lot of soft yeah. defenses that he was working against. But, man, they fed him early. Seven of the first eight plays went to Jameer Gibbs in this game against Las Vegas. Uh, he was productive on those carries. And just he just, you know, Jared, Jared Goff said it after the game. He found a rhythm. It gave him a chance to get a feel for the NFL game, the speed of this game, get a feel for the holes. And, man, was he impressive. That 27-yard touchdown run, Ben, jumps into the stands afterward. I'm not talking like a Lambo leaf. Like, he was in the stands. I've never seen that before. Again, the front row dancing around. Um, That's the Jameer Gibbs that we saw, just an electric player. And I think he just adds a a whole dimension, a whole new dimension to this offense when he's out there and when when he's rolling Mm -hmm. like this. Absolutely. I mean, I – that touchdown run was something to behold and the play that's kind of been forgotten because golf threw the pick six like a play or two later. But my goodness, my eyes lit up on I think it was a 21 yard run. He broke four tackles spinning in and out. I mean, just his work on the ground. You know, mm-hmm. when when they drafted Jameer Gibbs, I never would have thought there would be a single game this season, even if Montgomery were out where he had 26 carries. I mean, they leaned on him as their running back today. And yeah, he caught five passes on five targets, but he was a running back today, and he was a damn good running back today. Mm-hmm. I think he almost had, what was it, six yards a carry? What, there it is, yeah, 5.8 yards a carry on 26 carries for a first-round rookie against a not an elite defense, but when you have Max Crosby in the front, you can do some damage, and he made some noise today too, but geez, so Pete's with three new starters on the, I mean, Graham was at center, but two new guards next to him, and to be able to have that kind of day on the ground, inside, outside, power, speed, zone looks, just 
very, very, very impressed by Jameer Gibbs today. He also showed, I think, some credibility in what the Lions have been saying. And Dan Campbell said it again after this game tonight, that they don't view him as some slasher, mm-hmm. some guy they have to get the ball in space on the perimeter and just let him work. That's what they thought of DeAndre Swift. They didn't see him as a, a legitimate running back option. He was just kind of a space player, and they just wanted to get him out there and let his speed take over. They see Jameer Gibbs as a as – a, Hey, listen, he's not David Montgomery. He's not a pounder, but he's a he's a veritable running back, a guy who can go between the tackles, and we saw it. We wanted to get Gibbs going, you know. Uh, we wanted to be able to establish the run, and you could tell he was feeling it. You know, he was starting to I, – uh, every week he's just gotten a little bit better, a little bit better, and I thought last week was his best game, and this week certainly uh, surpassed that. And I think – the more he gains his own confidence in his own abilities in this league, he's just going to continue to grow. And I think this was kind of the tip of the iceberg, if you will, for, for what he is able to do and going to be able to do. So really proud of him. I was proud of that old line, too. I mean, they just battled. So um, it was good to see. He has good vision, good instincts. And there's something to be said about, yeah, the speed can hurt on the perimeter, but in the right looks, like you go up the middle with that speed, it hits you faster. It hits fast. Mm-hmm. Um, everything everything about that guy is fast. 152 rushing yards today, Ben. That's a top 10 effort by a Lions rookie um, ever. Yeah. Uh, it was the best rushing performance by a Lions rookie since Carrion Johnson in 2018. There was a random 158-yard game in there from carry on <laughs> against Miami. Oh, oh, it could have been if he would have had two good knees. <laughs> But they've got they've got some electricity in Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. And what I find really impressive about this performance by Gibbs, Ben, he was doing it behind God knows yeah. who on the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, the injuries are deep right now on the offensive line. They they played this game without Jonah Jackson, a pro bowler, without Frank Ragnow, a pro bowler, without Halapulavati Vita, Big V. Um he did that perfectly. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've had some practice. So down three guys. So they put out their KO ayahuasca on <laughs> at left guard, Awasiko, whatever. Uh, I'm so, uh, man, these names are so brutal. <laughs> Pretty sure his name's not Ayahuasca. Then he goes down and they got Dan Skipper out there. I mean, he, he, that's, that's the end of the bench. Uh, uh, like straight up, that's the end of their bench. And he's out there playing. And Gibbs still has 152 yards. It's, it's pretty crazy to see what they're able to do to really impose their will down so many bodies up front. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just, you know, it, it definitely overshadows the day Jared Goff had, especially with the pick six. But I just thought Goff's work was once again, what a calming presence for that offense. What a reliable presence. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown had the quietest 108 yard receiving game in NFL history yeah. tonight. It felt like, yeah. like, Coming off the flu too. yeah, the flu game there it was right <laughs> there. You know, Campbell said he definitely wasn't Dan Campbell said he definitely wasn't feeling his best today. Popped up late on the injury report with an illness and went out there tonight and remained himself. I think he had three or four first down conversions. And yeah. like you alluded to earlier, Sam Laporta, I mean, those first two drives that the Lions scored on, it was Gibbs, 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 Laporta, Laporta, Gibbs, Gibbs, Gibbs. And, and you mentioned him setting the record for uh, rookie or catches by a rookie tight end. I mean, that, that's a Charlie Sanders record. Mm-hmm. That's a Hall of Famer from the 1960s. Yeah, I mean, he he broke a, a record from the 1960s in the first half of the season. <laughs> that's I know. I had to, I looked it up when they tweeted that stat out. I'm like, what did Hawkinson have his rookie year? I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Laporta's already got. It's just 
he had the one drop today, but man, he bounced right back because he took a unbelievable lick inside the 10 yard line that set up. I think it was the second or third touchdown of the day, but just man, the rookies, the rookies. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've harped on quite a bit, Ben. They've gotten so many good contributions from the rookie class. It's something that has really defined the the Brad Holmes era. Yeah, I mean, everyone's going to have misses. You know, Levi Anzarike was a healthy scratch today. That's a former second-round pick. Jury's still out on J-Mo. Uh, you know, two catches for 16 yards today. Had another drop. He's got, I think, four of those already this year in three games. And, you know, just... He showed the he showed the promise on what was like a twenty two yard catch. Yeah. I mean, really just burst through the defense there and almost broke it free too. Um, had another drop too. You know, um, I thought he was gonna get a holding call on a different yeah, plan there too. That's right. <laughs> um, but for all those misses or whatever JMO is, um, they've had so many great contributions from up and down those draft classes from guys like Malcolm Rodriguez and James Houston. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is the best example of all. Yeah. He's a a fourth round guy who's a monster has been a monster since he you know, first got here. Um, but this season, Ben, we've seen up and down too. Brian Branch won a game for mm-hmm. them in Kansas City. You know, Sam Laporta is setting records uh, at tight ends. You know, I, I mean, uh, we're seeing it up and down that that class as well. Today we saw the the, the first start from Colby Sorsdal. Like that was a big reason why they were able to get through this game. Um, we saw the, the the debut of Broderick Martin, who I you know I thought he did some good things out there. In, you know, his NFL debut. Um, and now you're getting, you know, just um, Jameer Gibbs at his best and trending up. And I really, I just, I wonder what this offense is going to look like when they get yeah. David Montgomery back and you're able to do some interesting things with the contrast and ability and styles between a guy like Montgomery and, and a guy like Gibbs. And Lord have mercy if JMO ever finds his way in the NFL and you're able to put his speed yeah. on the on the field with uh, a guy like Gibbs. Um, I mean, there's no telling what, what, Ben Johnson can cook up. Mm-hmm. And I liked I liked the idea that I saw with Jamison Williams today. I liked what they tried to dial up for him. It wasn't just straight line, beat a guy downfield. It was, let's get you in. The one nice catch he had for 22 yards was a nice crosser over the middle. He made a guy miss. He made a movie. You know, I, I tweeted, I was like, all the breadbasket catches you can throw this guy's way is going to be the best for everybody right now. Because when you're counting on his hands, it's a 50-50 proposition. I mean... Once again, Twitter was completely polarized on the drop in the end zone. I I tweeted that Goff threw it behind him to keep him out of the way of getting obliterated. That wasn't me saying it was a bad throw. That's a tough catch, but it's still one that I think every receiver on this team should be expected to make. Now, every receiver in the NFL, yeah, I mean, exactly. That's yeah. kind of the bar. Like if it hits you in two hands and you're yeah. you know, a guy in your face, then you should catch it. Exactly, and it's like I don't know if he would have scored on that either, but that is one hundred percent a play he has to make, and that's just a continuation of what we've seen there. But I will, just to your point with Ben Johnson, I like that they tried getting the little jet touch pass reverse that yeah. Max Crosby obliterated. You're <laughs> not going to play that guy every week, so I hope they keep that one in the playbook. But uh, yeah, I, I just like that they were using his speed over the middle, using his speed out of the backfield, getting him in motion a couple of times. Heck, he started tonight. They're, they're trying. Yeah. They're trying. But, yeah, that's a, that's a catch that Khalif Raymond makes 99 out of 100 yeah. times, and Jamison Williams needs to start making those plays. There were some problems on offense. I mean, for as much as they, I would say, dominated the game on that side of the ball, they also made back-breaking mistakes. There were the, the the three turnovers, which are always 
killer. It kind of reminded me in some ways of the Seattle game. Mm. Well, I thought they played generally pretty well in that game. And Seattle, by the way, is number three in the NFC. Gosh. Um, pretty good team. Yeah. Lions had on the ropes. You know, they were, I mean, they're not on the ropes, but they were in that yeah. game, took it to overtime despite two turnovers that basically gifted 14 points to a really good team. And, you know, it's hard to win the NFL like that. And they had three of those kinds of mistakes in this game. Josh Reynolds fumbling in the first half and then you come out in the second half and you were moving the ball really well. And then there's a Jared Goff pick six, a really brutal one too. 2021 style. Yeah, Yeah. that was, it was, it was bad. He was under duress and just made Mm -hmm. a poor decision and threw a rage to Marcus Peters. And then ate dirt while trying to catch, catch <laughs> me on the side. You tried. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I was not going to like that one in the film room. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And then the very next drive, they go all the way inside the five-yard line, and Craig Reynolds, a really sure-handed guy, Mm -hmm. uh, fumbles, or at least is ruled to have fumbled. And... I have my doubts about whether a fumble occurred, but there was no replays to show definitively yeah. what happened one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And the call on the field was a fumble, so the fumble stood. And it was a, a tough play for Detroit. You you throw in one of five in the red zone, and but I mean that's a that's a losing game in the NFL. Yeah. And the Lions scored was twenty six points and won by double digits. I mean that's that's a legitimate performance. Of course, you want to clean up the miscues yeah. too, but it, I think it just sheds some light on just how good this team is. They can come out on Monday Night Football and win like that. Win by I mean, it's hard to win by double digits yeah. in the NFL, and they did it playing a poor game or making making poor mistakes. Um, of course, the, the defense was a big reason for that, Ben, and there was so much to like up and down the lineup in that side of the ball. Oh, my gosh. You got two sacks from Alex Anzalone in the span of four plays in the fourth quarter. You got two more sacks from Lynn McNeil, who's not just playing very good football, who's playing borderline elite football as an interior defender right now. I'm going to have more on him tomorrow morning. But this, then you get a sack from Tracy Walker, Aaron Glenn, man. Dialing up the blitzes, dialing up the blitzes. You know, Hutch told me that, told me after the game in the locker room that Dan originally gave the game ball to Aaron Glenn, who immediately turned and gave it to his cornerbacks like a good cornerback would. <laughs> but uh, but then, yeah, the other sack comes from Julian O'Quara, who's like not getting a ton of reps, but I think that's two sacks in three weeks for him since he's came back from injured reserve. So just... we also had the only quarterback hit last week against that's Lamar. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed this, but he actually started this game. I actually did not notice that. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I think the reps are still down a little bit, but mm-hmm. literally he is working his way into this rotation in a pretty legitimate way. Yeah. After, you know, he, I mean, he, listen, he's a super talented guy. You see that guy, like if you just didn't know these guys' names or faces and you yeah. just saw them lined up in a locker room or something, you would say that guy's a star. Yes. I mean, he just has the body, <laughs> you know, and the athleticism, but he's never been able to really get his act together because of the injuries that have dogged him his yeah. entire career. I mean, every season has been dogged by injury and he had another one this year, but since coming back, it's been just been trending up for him to the point where Charles Harris was a healthy and active last week. And that was kind of a curious decision. Charles Harris was back um, tonight, but Julian Aquar with the sag, mm-hmm. uh, Anzalone, I thought, played a hell of a game at the second level. I mean, that guy, that guy can, can continues to surprise me. Maybe, maybe that says more about me than it does Anzalone, but 
I just thought he was a guy in 2021. I thought he was a mm-hmm. body to get through a bad season, a, a veteran who could you know help yes. keep the locker room together, help import the defensive scheme from New Orleans because he had been there with Aaron Glenn. You know, I, I totally understood why they brought the guy in, but I didn't see a guy like a player. Right. You know, I just saw a dude. And now he's playing really good football. I think he's really rewarding the faith the Lions had in him because I didn't see this kind of playmaking, I think is right. probably the word. And, yeah. and he's really good. And pa- he's probably their best pass covering linebacker. I would have just never imagined to hear and agree with those words two years ago, because I mean, he was one of the worst linebackers that played as many snaps as he did two years ago. He got better last year yeah. and this year. I mean, he is clearly comfortable in this defense with his, slightly tweaked every down roll playing from different spots. He's got young guys next to him. But, I mean, this defensive turnaround and this defense isn't as good as it is without Alex Anzalone in there. I mean, it's just – he was covering Devontae Adams by himself a couple of times today. <laughs> I saw that. Like, what the hell? Like, and it yeah. worked. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He almost fell under another interception today. I mean, he's just kind of having one of those seasons where he's playing lights out. And he's also in the right place at the right time a lot, too. But I'm just what you're getting out of him from pass rushing lately has just been cherry on top of an already impressive Sunday. And he even joked after the game, like, yeah, I guess I'm an elite pass rusher now. Never really had that before. (laughs) Just uh, just just I mean, it's it's praise to Aaron Glenn for knowing his pieces and putting them in the right place and trusting his guys, because, I mean, that's 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 paramount to this turnaround overall. Mm -hmm. I think Aaron Glenn really has earned his flowers too. You know, he's a guy who has a great reputation within the league, uh, within Detroit, certainly within, you know, the locker room in Detroit. Players love playing mm-hmm. for him. Uh, you know, just he he knows how to connect with guys. You know, guys believe he makes them better, you know, in terms of skill set. He puts them in good positions with the scheme. I mean, like all the stuff that makes him a head coaching candidate that we've seen in the past couple of cycles. But at the end of the day, the numbers were very bad. Yeah. And I think we can all agree the personnel had a big reason. You know, it was a big reason for it, right? And they just needed to get the guys in here. But they needed to prove it, Ben. Yeah. And they are now. And it was a little shaky maybe to open the season. You know, they were decent against Mahomes and, and, and the Chiefs. Bad against the Seahawks. There was a lot of questions about, you know, what the hell is going on. And since then, largely, they've been fantastic. Yes, that yes, I know there was. I was in Baltimore. I get it. I was there. It was a debacle. It was terrible. And why was it so bad? That's a, a fantastic question. Yeah. And I'm not sure anyone really has a great answer for it. Uh, it's just something they have to learn from and move on. It's something we talked about last week on the pod. It's like everyone gets punched in the face. The best teams in the league get punched in the face. This league, like the winners and losers in this league, are defined by who bounces back and who doesn't. And today the Lions bounce back and really it was their for as good as the offense was, you know, those critical mistakes mm-hmm. aside, their defense led the way they were, they were suffocating in this game. At, at one point, man, it was uh, 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 the Raiders uh, fifth drive. And I look at the stats and Garoppolo is one of six yeah. passing and they have like 27 <laughs> yards on six carries on the ground. And there was Kirby Joseph's interception in the end zone, which all these like, Flowers were hanging out to the defense. We haven't gotten to Kirby Joseph getting his first (laughs) first pick of the year. A a really good effort. I thought this game, what really stood out to me live, and I want to watch the tape, but I felt like it did a much better job of marrying the rush with the coverage. It all kind of worked together a little bit better. It was timed better. Certainly there was more pressure on the quarterback, which helped a lot. Uh, And it led to one of the most impressive defensive performances of the season for Detroit. 
Yeah, once Glenn realized that Jacobs and Sutton were locked in on Jacoby Myers and Adams, he started to send heat. He started to send it quite a bit, too. I mean, that third and fourth quarter, I cannot wait to get my hands on the PFF and the stuff like that to see the pres- the pressure rate, how much they blitzed. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to have a 0.0 grade against the pass rush tomorrow. I mean, it, it was... Yeah, he's gonna have that Dan Skipper pass blocking grade. Just, uh, but seriously, it was just um, that's that's what you needed to see. I mean, it's weird to call a twenty six fourteen game or whatever. Yeah, twenty six fourteen a a blowout, a controlling, a stifling performance, but it really was. Yeah, because it was the Lions letting the Raiders in this game. It was the three turnovers. It's the twenty six yard missed field goal after Patterson has a pretty solid day leading up to that point. It's the it's just man, every phase the the, the kickoff that they down at the two <laughs> yard line, yeah, like yeah. Uh, just across the board, just offense, defense, special teams, and a coaching staff that knows their personnel, trusts their personnel, and just just has a great feel for this roster and what they need to be doing right now because this was the perfect bounce back. They were six and two, Ben. They still haven't lost back to back games in like a calendar year. They're I mean, they're a mile ahead of anybody in the North. You know, the Vikings are the only team really within striking distance of any kind, and they just lost their quarterback. I think that you can – I mean, I, yeah. like they have a stranglehold on the division, and I, I feel very comfortable saying that. That's not hyperbole. Like, it would be a significant, significant disappointment if they didn't win the North at this point. Really, at this point, they're it's playing for seeding in the NFC. They're number two right now. They would host every game here at Forbes Field unless they had to go to Philly for the uh, NFC championship yeah. game. So I guess I say all of that then to ask you, you know, we're approaching the, the halfway point here. They're six and two, eight games into this. Uh, they have the bye coming up. So as they go into this, this, uh, this week of rest um, and the season's halfway point, and they're sitting at six and two and atop all these standings, I guess, like, what, what are your impressions from this team? Are, are they meeting your expectations, exceeding them? What have you thought of their performance so far this year? I guess they are exceeding expectations without me being surprised. I mean, I picked this team to win 11 games. I was obviously pretty high on them, but uh, it's kind of easy to see a path for more than 11 wins this season all of a sudden, especially when you start looking ahead at the schedule and the quarterback situation in their increasingly dog crap division. I mean, it's just there's a there's a there's a pretty strong path here to the one seed. So, yeah, exceeding expectations. Just the defense, the defense, the defense. I mean, they had the blip against Seattle and Baltimore, but this defense has been everything they've needed to be to kind of make this jump. Record-wise, they're about where I would have expected. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I picked 12 wins, so I mean, they're right on course for where um, I, I expected them to be. But watching the games and seeing how they're winning these yeah. games and how they're playing, they are exceeding my expectations. And I, I mean, I thought they would be right there, Ben. Yeah. Like, they have five double-digit wins. Like, that has to be number one, number two in the league. I mean, it's so consistent. Like, they have a very good offense, and they have a defense that that feels like – I was just asking for average. I said at the, yes. at the outset, yeah. you have a great offense, a, a well-balanced offense. You know, get, give them a, a totally league average yeah. defense, and they're going to win 12 games. And their defense has been much, much better than that. And I think that's where they're really kind of exceeding what I was expecting. I really didn't expect to see – um, you know, the the strangleholds they've had on um you know, like the Tampa game was so impressive. Yeah, what they yeah. did in the first half mm-hmm. against Green Bay was so impressive. Yes, I understand they got slaughtered in Baltimore. There's things to 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 clean up, uh, particularly with no mobile yeah. quarterbacks. But for sure, um, on the whole, Ben, this is a, a good team that's um 
atop the, their division. They're they're high up in the NFC, and they're not doing it by just getting by. They're not just do, like what Minnesota did last year with all these one score games. I mean, they're they're blowing folks out. And they did it tonight without even playing their best football, making some really critical mistakes that usually lose games. And they won this game by double digits. That, that to me, is the hallmark of a good team. And they did yeah. it with so many injuries, too. Yeah, they were. these were significant injuries tonight. Like, not having Jonah Jackson, not having Frank Racknow, not having Big B, having to move that many pieces around. Graham freaking Glasgow, man. Yeah. Moving like, to let's, center. Yeah. Like, let's give that guy a, let's, a yeah. for a, just a moment because, man, I thought he should have been the right guard this year. Yeah, like he he mm-hmm. he practiced so well, and anyone watching him play football this year on the field understands why I would be saying that because he's really good. He's yeah. playing like a top five level for a guard. Uh, Big V gets hurt in week two. Graham goes out there, plays pretty good, and since then he's basically played elite football. Yeah. And he's done it the last three weeks, Ben, by going from right guard three weeks ago to left guard last week to center tonight. Like that is hard to do in the NFL. He's doing it yeah. against the best players on the planet. And he's went between three positions and done it while playing basically elite football. And that's that's crazy. <laughs> it's, it is. It really is. And I, 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 that was the name. I was like, oh, I need to say Graham Glasgow's yeah. name because what he did and how he held things down and taking over for Frank Ragnow and being kind of the quarterback of that offensive line when you're the center and helping guys get set and stuff like that, that's not an easy task. That's a much different job than playing guard for sure and just held it down, man. That's why this mm-hmm. offensive line is kind of the heartbeat of this team. I mean – when they're down pieces, they still kind of help power the show. It wasn't perfect, but man. <laughs> it, it's been true on all sides of the ball, Ben. The the next man up, I mean, it's right. been so long since they lost CJ Garner-Johnson. It's easy to forget that they're playing a backup in Tracy yeah. Walker there, and Walker is historically a starter, but that's that's the depth they have nowadays. You have starting quality players on the bench, and when there are those inevitable injuries, those guys come out of the field, and they play well. And we saw in the slot, like I thought, Will Harris – Treaded water, yeah. you know, when yeah. Brian Branch went down, uh, you know, I, I mean, tonight, like David Montgomery is still their best back and everyone forgets about it tonight because Jameer Gibbs like, blew the top off Ford Field and he's the backup. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been the story of the season, Ben, and it goes back to what we saw and we told people repeatedly is like the Lions have has been like historically broken our hearts. They have never fulfilled expectations and now they have these huge expectations and all this hype. How could it possibly be possibly be real? And it, I always said it was the depth. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the, the 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 bottom third of the roster. I've never seen a, a team mm-hmm. this good in Detroit. And now we're seeing it. Guys go down. I mean, hell, they're playing their fourth string guard tonight and still run for 222 yards. And that's been the, the, the yeah. story of the first half for Detroit. And they'll go into the second half of the season after um, you know taking this week off, Ben. They'll be back next week in L.A. Uh, against the Chargers. Um, and there's a lot of and there's a lot of green grass ahead of them. There's a lot of losing teams on this schedule, and um, I think the possibilities are pretty high. Yeah, I, I do too. Because we said it last week, and we'll double down on it this week. It would be one of the greatest disappointments in NFL history if they didn't win this division <laughs> after this start and after the rest of the group too. Well, considering Minnesota doesn't have a quarterback, <laughs> Jaron all time, baby. <laughs> That's what we got from Ford Field. We're gonna take next weekend off, so um, you know we'll take a nap or something. <laughs> but yeah. Ben, it's been it's been fun. It's been a good first half of the season. Uh, great night of football here on Monday Night Football from Ford Field, and uh, we'll see you again soon. This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of M Live's Detroit Lions Team. 
Thank you for listening to the Dungeon of Doom, an MLive Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again.